Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, September 8th, 2020, and uh, apologies for not posting an episode yesterday. It was, of course, Labor Day. Uh, I did announce on Twitter that I would not be posting an episode on the holiday just to be able to spend time with family and uh, regroup and refresh a bit after the Bruins lost last week. And as we move ahead into the Bruins offseason to keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast so that you never miss an episode, you can subscribe on whatever podcast app you are listening on, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Pocket Casts. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy at your convenience. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. I mentioned we are on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can find me at Ian C. McLaren. That's McLaren, M-C-L-A-R-E-N. And you can also email me at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com if you have any uh, long-form questions. The uh, inbox on Twitter is open for both of the accounts that I mentioned. Now, last week, of course, the Bruins were eliminated from the postseason by the Tampa Bay Lightning, who rolled to a Game 1 victory last night over the New York Islanders. We heard from... Bruce Cassidy, in the aftermath of that loss, we heard from several players. Uh, We have still yet to hear from Don Sweeney and Cam Neely. I would expect that they will hold a kind of of end-of-the-season wrap-up of their own at some point, possibly this week. But just based on what we've learned so far, I thought I would uh, take today's episode to kind of recap and represent what I see as the five biggest questions facing the Bruins in the offseason. And I guess we'll start from the biggest to kind of a more minor issue facing the Bruins heading into next season. But the number one question for the Bruins this offseason is, of course, what the future holds for defenseman Tory Krug. Tory Krug is a 29-year-old unrestricted free agent. And last week in his media availability he made it clear that he is set on maximizing his value and getting the best contract he can for himself and his family seeing as it could be his last chance at getting that big contract Um, meaning the Bruins are likely going to be in tough to retain his services We all know the salary cap will not be rising from its current upper limit of $81.5 million. The Bruins do have some space, to be sure, but there are some questions elsewhere that will need to be addressed. Tory Krug is at the end of a contract that paid him $5.25 million over the past four seasons. He has been the Bruins' highest paid defenseman, but he will likely command, you know, 
upwards of seven, possibly even eight million dollars on the open market. He does value his relationships with the Bruins. He does value being part of a Stanley Cup contending core alongside Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, uh, even Charlie McAvoy now, Tori Krug. But at the same time, he really does uh, seem intent on, uh, you know, going with the business side of hockey and looking for the best deal that he can get. And it likely won't come from Don Sweeney and Cam Neely. There are rumblings that the Montreal Canadiens will be making a, a big pitch for him. Uh, I could see him going back to the Detroit Red Wings, or not back to the Detroit Red Wings, but uh, back to Michigan to play for the Detroit Red Wings, uh, that being his home state. He grew up in Livonia, Michigan, and uh, you know also played university hockey at Michigan State before joining the Bruins as an undrafted free agent, I should add, and that's uh, pretty remarkable in and of itself. So that, to me, biggest question facing the Bruins this offseason is whether or not they can re-sign Tory Krug, and if not, how they will fill that lineup hold, and, and we'll get to that here in a moment. The second question, I think, is what will become of Jake DeBrusque. He is a restricted free agent coming off his entry-level deal that paid him only $863,000 last season or in the previous three seasons. DeBrusque's agent, as we've talked about before on the podcast, seems intent on pushing for a pretty big contract uh, in along the lines of Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets. Connor was selected a few spots after DeBrusque at the 2015 NHL draft, and he, uh, just this past season, began a seven-year deal worth $50 million, pays him $7.142 million per season. Now, where Connor and DeBrusque differ is the fact that whereas DeBrusque's strongest season came as a rookie and his numbers have kind of dipped from there, Kyle Connor has only gotten better and better over the years. Uh, in 2017-2018, he scored 31 goals. He followed that up with 34 goals. And this past regular season, in only 71 games, he had 38 goals and a career-high 73 points. So he's a better-than-point-per-game player uh, at this point in his career as a uh, 23-year-old. DeBrusque, like I mentioned, put up strong numbers as a rookie but has not been able to replicate that to date. As a rookie, he recorded 43 points, 16 goals, 27 assists. He followed that up in 2018-19 with 27 goals and 15 assists for 42 points. The hope, the expectation was that this regular season, he would take the next step, go over the 30-point mark, uh, become you know maybe 50 points, and just boost his numbers. Instead, he scored only 19 goals, added 16 assists for 35 points in 65 games. That, to me, is not a $7 million player by any stretch of the imagination, and certainly doesn't warrant a contract in the range of uh, the top players on the Bruins 
David Pasternak making $6.6 million, Marshan $6.125, Bergeron $6.875, and David Krejci, the team's highest paid player, at $7.25 million. Uh, my sense is that the Bruins will want to give him a bridge deal, kind of a show-me contract. You know, let's see if you can take your game to the next level, and then we'll consider giving you that bigger ticket deal. And really, that's what's warranted at this point. Uh, he doesn't really, he hasn't done enough to warrant one of those big ticket deals. If DeBrusque's agent is really intent on getting that long-term big money deal, then it could lead to a stalemate between the club and the player. And we know in the past, the Bruins have not been reluctant to trade players in this position, uh, most notably uh, Dougie Hamilton, Phil Kessel in the past as well. So, you know, whether or not DeBrusque and the Bruins can reach a contract agreement and uh, whether or not he is insistent on Earning this big kind of deal could really dictate not only his future with the team, but also whether or not they consider uh, trading his rights to another team to get some players or picks or prospects in return and just kind of cut ties with a player who's unwilling to a accept his value and also uh, accept the kind of deal that will keep the Bruins competitive while this core remains intact. So that's my second question of the offseason is what will become of uh, Jake DeBrusque and whether or not the two sides can reach a fair agreement uh, for both sides. Before we move on, let's talk for a moment about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, if you can believe it. I am anxiously awaiting my next box and forward to trying out one of their amazing new flavors that includes caramel brownie cookies and cream lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake apple almond crisp now i want you to know that their bars are covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to chew they come in nut and nut free flavors and they're all gluten free but lest you believe that you are indulging in a uh, unhealthy snack you should know that Built Bar is perfect for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your next order. You can build your own box of uh, the flavors that you want. And again, use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next box at BuiltBar.com. While supplies last, you'll also get a free cooler with your purchase. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com for $10 off your next box. RockAuto.com is a family-owned website that has been in operation for about 20 years now. They've been serving auto parts customers with amazing body part selection from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, which I have ordered myself for my 2003 Honda Odyssey, which is still going. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low 
and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. If you go to rockauto.com right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So what other questions are facing the Bruins this offseason? Well, number three on my list, I think, is Tukarask and... Uh, the way that he left the bubble was completely understandable. The Bruins have said all the right things in terms of uh, showing their support to Tuca, who left due to a family emergency involving one of his children. And uh, it appears as though uh, the team will welcome him back with open arms. Yaroslav Halak is ready to go back in tandem with Rask as one of the best, uh, you know, goalie duos in the NHL. Uh, but until we hear from Tuca and he confirms 100% that he plans to be back with the Bruins in 2020-21, then uh, that's still a bit of a question mark. He does have one year remaining on his contract. Uh, he did mention the R word last season, uh floating the idea that he could possibly retire at some point. And um, yeah, it's just, it remains a question. And uh, Scott Burnside of The Athletic, he wrote in his NHL offseason priorities column, what to expect from all 31 teams of the Bruins. He wrote, what remains a potentially critical moment for this franchise is how the team and Tuka Rask are able to reconcile Rask's opting out of the playoffs on the eve of their first-round series against Carolina. That's not really true. The series had already started, and it was on the morning of uh, Game 3, if I remember correctly. Zero issues with Rask wanting to be with his young family, especially given health concerns on the home front. Zero. And maybe there are zero issues with the Vesna Trophy finalist picking up right where he left off with his teammates. If that's the case, the Bruins will once again be a force in the Atlantic Division, as they were this season at the time of the pause. But Rask has one more year left on his deal, and there are some who think that he was already thinking beyond his NHL playing career when all this unfolded. That's something GM Don Sweeney will need to get a handle on in a hurry, given the very fluid nature of the goaltending market in the coming offseason. Halak is, of course, uh, re-signed for next season. Rask has one year left on his deal, as I mentioned. Um, I don't think it's an issue of reconciling Rask's opting out. Again, it was due to a very valid and serious medical emergency. Uh, I think the question is whether or not Tuca wants to come back, finish out his contract with the Bruins, and continue playing beyond that point. He's still obviously uh, at or near the top of his game as a Vesna Trophy finalist and a lot left in the tank. Uh, but whether he's there uh, mentally and you know has the desire to continue playing remains to be seen. The fourth question, which doesn't really seem to be much of a question in his mind, but it's uh, the future of Zidane Chara. He made it clear last week that he wants to remain a member of the Boston Bruins, that he's willing to take on a lesser role at this stage in his career, and that he wants to be part of this core to help the team win, to help the young defensemen continue to grow and become 
the best version of themselves. And yeah, just to be a contributing member to this team as team captain for at least one more season and possibly more. Uh, whether the Bruins have a desire to re-sign him, we don't know that for sure yet. Although I, I can't imagine that they would um, want to just let him walk away on their terms. It would be more a question of when he wants to retire. Uh, he should have a roster spot sewn in for as long as he's able. And I think he's able to recognize when the time comes that he's not. Um, as a third pair defenseman in a defensive role, penalty killing for a couple million bucks, it seems like a no-brainer. But until that deal is signed, then I think it's uh, still a question that is up in the air. Finally, the last question for me, one of the big off-season questions for the Bruins is just what the lineup will look like next season. I think we all know that um, the line of Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak will be intact. So there are some concerns over Bergeron's groin uh, that he admitted to, you know, kind of this nagging, incessant groin issue that he's been dealing with for a few years. But with a couple months off, safe to say he'll be back uh, where he belongs on the top line. The second line, David Krejci, Andre Kasha remain under contract. I think the latter looked pretty good despite not being quite up to speed. And with a full training camp and some regular season reps, I think uh, he'll be just fine. Again, Jake DeBrusque on the left side is a question mark. If he's re-signed, then that trio will remain intact. Uh, but if for whatever reason he is uh, not on the team because of an unwillingness to sign a deal that is presented to him, or if he's traded, then uh, obviously that position becomes uh, a big spot to be filled. The third line, I really think that we saw something special in Anders Bjork, Charlie Coyle, and Jack Stadnika. I'd like to see that line get a look. I really think Stadnika has done enough to warrant uh, a spot on the NHL roster. Joachim Nordstrom has to be signed. You have to think that Sean Corrali will be back on the fourth line. Chris Wagner has this heart issue that came up that is believed to be uh, in under control and should not hinder him playing, but uh, still uh, something to be uh, cognizant of at the very least. I'd like to see younger guys like Zach Sinitian and Trent Frederick get some more regular playing time at the NHL level just to see exactly what they are all about. And then on defense, of course, if Torrey Krug is gone, uh, Zdeno Chara bumps down to the third pairing perhaps then you have uh you know who fills that second role matt grizzlick charlie mcavoy would likely make up the top pair who plays with brandon carlo is it john moore is it jeremy lozon is it euro vakaninen um, and then who steps in on the third line is it a matter of keeping chara and clifton together um there's some definite question marks on the blue line and then rask will answer any questions in net and if for whatever reason he doesn't come back do they go with Halak and Vladder or do they sign someone else make use of Tukarask cap space if he does indeed retire and leave that money on the table although I find it hard to believe that he he would do that 
so those are some of the big questions when it comes to lineup situations uh, in my mind. And these are all questions that hopefully will be answered by the time training camp starts. Right now, it's penciled in for November 17th, I believe, with an expected regular season start date of December 1st. Let's finish off today's episode with some news and notes from around the NHL. I mentioned earlier that the Lightning thumped the Islanders in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final by a score of 8-2. to Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov each had 5 points. We recall that Kucherov was injured in Game 5 against our Bruins, was able to come back for Game 1 here, and uh, he and Point put on quite a show. I didn't offer my... East, or sorry, conference final predictions just yet, uh, because you know we didn't have a show before they began. Uh, I really think that the Islanders are going to be in tough against this Lightning team, and that certainly proved to be true in Game One. Uh, I'm going to go with Lightning in. Uh, should I be generous? Say six. Probably Lightning in five in this series. The one out west, I think, will be a bit more competitive. I was leaning towards the Golden Knights. Uh, the Stars handled them quite well in Game 1. Maybe a different story with Robin Leonard in net for the Vegas Golden Knights in Game 2. I'm still going to pick the Golden Knights in 7, uh, but I am rooting for the Stars in that one um, for sure. And I think a Stars-Lightning uh, final would be pretty good, although Golden Knights-Lightning would be very entertaining as well. Ottawa Senators winger Bobby Ryan won the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy for perseverance. He, if you recall, took an extended leave of absence in November to receive treatment for alcohol abuse. He returned in February, recorded a hat-trick in his uh, second game back. I believe it was his first home game back, uh, and that was one of the best moments of the regular season in my mind. The NHL is now in its seventh consecutive week of zero positive COVID-19 tests among its players and staff participating in the return to play plan. Uh, they, you know, have pulled it off. I, I was a bit skeptical that it would all come together without any outbreaks of COVID-19 or out, without any cases, uh, certainly. And the NHL has managed to do it. The Eastern Conference teams have now moved over to the Edmonton bubble, uh, so we'll see if there's any uh, effects from that transition, but it certainly doesn't look like it. And and all credit to the NHL for uh, being able to pull this off, uh, to be sure. Speaking of COVID-19, with Labor Day passed, I know that for many of us, things are quote-unquote getting back to normal with uh, school, work, summer is officially over. Up here, we're doing a bit of a staggered start to school where couple days off uh, as teachers continue to get ready and then uh, going back kind of A to L kids go back first and M to Z kids and then everybody back at a certain point. Um, so it's, yeah, certainly stressful and anxiety inducing, but uh, for all of us, just a reminder that we're all in it together and that uh, part of the Locked On Boston Bruins community isn't just talking hockey, but it's also just trying to stay positive, be there for each other, and just know that I'm thinking of you all, whatever situation that you're going through here today. I hope you're all uh, taking care of each other, taking care of yourselves, staying busy without Bruins hockey, trying to stay, you know, just 
entertained and positive and finding things to do that um, help take our minds off all of this as well as just stay in a positive mindset. Uh, fall for me is my favorite season. I love getting outside, seeing the fall colors, getting some apple picking done, just going for some good hikes in the cooler weather. Yesterday, the three boys and I went out for a walk, came across what we believe to be a, a milk snake, which was pretty cool. Um, shook its tail pretty good because it was annoyed at us. Lunged at me to take a bite. It's not venomous, so don't worry, but that was a pretty cool experience. So trying to get outside as much as possible. Um, in terms of what I'm watching right now, we started watching of Becoming a God in Central Florida, which is a, a very entertaining show starring Kristen Dunst. I've been watching The Boys on Amazon, working my way through How I Met Your Mother again, and finishing up this book, Bring Up the Bodies by Hilary Mantel. And uh, yeah, just trying to get back into journaling and things like that to stay uh, centered and, and positive. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen. Please hit that subscribe button so that you will get each new episode uploaded to your feed. Again, this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast. So you can expect episodes here through the rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then five days a week going forward until the end of the NHL season. Hope to have some good chats upcoming with some Bruins uh, friends, fans, and also media people. And uh, yeah, just we'll keep going with uh, some great Bruins content over the next several weeks as we get ready for uh, what we hope will be a successful next regular season. Take care of yourselves, friends, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Peace.